amongst us all there exist pure and precious diamonds who are destined to sparkle yet are found shoved in the dark wrapped up in the black charcoal of stigma but here we are today with the wand in each of our hands and lumos we shall say to brighten every corner and avada kedavra all the negativity So hey our beautiful people through this podcast we aim to normalize positive conversations about mental health bringing every diamond out there to bask in the sunlight we are the photo smile speakers 2020 and you are listening to khairiyat for your well being episode 2 when the clock strikes 911 and today we have some of the most beautiful and phenomenal mind speakers runmay rimjim and sasha joining us for this little guftagu session So Mahak I was wondering when you feel that there is something wrong amidst everything that seems all right my dear friend there is a reason why you go on to spend winters on a teary night how do you know if it's just a mood swing or a serious bipolar how do you differentiate between feeling low or feeling depressed when do you know it's time to ask an expert and stop googling for answers well Stay tuned, for we shall uncover this enigma. So, unraveling this mystery, aiming for all Sherlock style, with a question that I think has been at the top of all of our minds: When do you think one should consider seeking help? Okay, so dear listeners, just close your eyes and reflect upon these questions carefully. Do you experience overwhelming emotions? you feel like there's something constantly tro- troubling you but you cannot figure out exactly what you have so much in your mind and you want someone to listen to you but you cannot find anyone like that you experience drastic change in your sleep and appetite problem you're not able to pretend, uh, perform up to the mark in your in your school and work if these signs are true for you there might be a trigger for you to see professional help so guys don't be afraid or you know fear to seek professional help it's okay everyone needs a little help sometimes exactly rimjim i agree with everything that you said whenever one starts feeling like they should reach out they should reach out and you know anna in the midst of all of this discomfort chaos and confusion people turn to various sources of help but sadly therapy is seen as a last resort exactly and like i feel like the true meaning of therapy is lost in between casual movie references and the strict stereotypes like somebody in a room wearing glasses writing something very secret on a notepad and it's also hush hush so Why don't you guys help us understand the term therapy and what it actually is? So therapy is honestly very very normal. You know just as we go to the doctor when we're feeling under the weather, we have regular physical health checkups and dental checkups. Similarly, it's also really important to keep a tab on your mental well-being. 
it's important and it's very normal for us to want to check in on ourselves from time to time and seek help if we aren't happy with what we find. So while it's great to you know speak to our family and friends and while social support obviously has so many proven benefits, there's also a pressing need to make a distinction between these personal relationships and therapist-client relationships or professional relationships. Because honestly, expecting professional help from a friend who isn't a professional might actually do more harm than good. And there's a reason for this. That reason is that professionals have a certain skill set. They have this expertise that allows them to view your case objectively and give you very accurate and unbiased insight. In addition, they aren't related to you while friends and family are. And these relationships mean that friends and family are often stakeholders in your personal life and your personal problems. And even if they don't intend to, this inherent bias may hinder their ability to advise you. That being said, there is an array of resources to match your personal needs and preferences if you're looking to seek help. For example, we have group therapy such as Alcoholic Anonymous groups where people facing a similar problem can come together and inspire and support each other in the presence of professional guidance and I think that's a beautiful concept. We also have individual therapy, one-on-one -on -one sessions with therapists which can again take so many different forms to cater to our individual needs. A great resource for when we simply want a safe space outside of our direct community is peer support groups. A network of people across the world connected through technology where we can voice our own problems and both seek and give support. There's a ton of free resources aimed at creating inclusive access to help like the website Your Emotional Wellbeing, Seven Cups and so on. We have stress helplines like the one managed by Fortis and also suicide hotlines like the one managed by the Bantravela Foundation. So, as you can see, the list is exhausted. It isn't necessary to have a diagnosable mental illness to seek therapy though. In fact, therapy can help us in so many other ways from reaching optimal performance to leading a healthier lifestyle and a more efficient routine to just helping us address problems in our personal life and the workplace. That being said, it's time that we get comfortable with the idea of asking for help and support. And you know, Sasha, there are also entertaining kind of apps and games online that provide you, you know, uh, that comfort and meditation techniques, like an app that I was uh, like looking into a day before, which is Rahi Mental Health. It has, you know, innovative games and innovative techniques to help your mind calm down, or they have uh, SOS buttons for any time that you are having, you know, anxiety attacks or panic attacks. So that being said, there are so many helplines out there and people who are willing to help. But sadly, the people who harbor inhibitions for therapy still far way outweigh them. But I know for a fact, Anya, beyond the technicalities and definitions, you have had your own experience with therapy. Yes, heck, indeed I have. You know, recently I was in a session and I was talking to my therapist about how I am in a podcast about mental health when my own is such a train wreck. But uh, then she made me realize how normal it is to have a train wreck of a life. <laughs> and <laughs> it has certainly been, uh, jokes apart, a time-taking and excruciating process to talk about so many difficult things and deal with them. But I believe it has helped me grow so much. Apart from the initial exhaustion and extreme stress I needed to deal with, I also learned many things about myself that I would have never known if not for taking the first step towards recovery. 
<laughs> oh boy that that seems like a roller coaster ride you know the one that you are always afraid to approach at first but once you drop all of your inhibitions and finally hop on it leaves your head spinning with ecstasy and then you find a braver version of yourself that suddenly isn't afraid of anything yeah worth every penny <laughs> exactly so guys anyone wants to tell us what does this seemingly daunting process entail hey rudmay here so i actually want to talk about how you know therapy process was for me personally so the first question that popped up in my mind was do i really need it because you know rimzan and sasha have explained it really well that uh, you know if you are psychologically distressed you can go and seek therapy but what if you aren't like do you really need to go and seek therapy and you know uh, i i am that kind of a person who you know everyone in the family or the friends say that you know you seem like a sorted person and you will not need therapy uh you know and i was like yeah that might be true but you know what's the harm in trying so i just went in with an open mind and i had nothing like an agenda list uh you know in my head to discuss in therapy but the pandora of things that we discussed during therapy was so much and so enriching that uh you know i just realized that therapy is not only for problems but it's also for self growth so how do you choose a therapist you have to see what kind of therapy approach they are using so is it cbt which is cognitive behavioral therapy or is it rebt rational emotive behavior therapy or is it sfbt which is solution focused uh, behavior therapy is it you know narrative therapy or is it say uh, you know psychoanalysis and depending on this a lot of other things come with it for example so the tentative duration of therapy so how long your therapy is going to be so some of the uh, you know very directive approaches such as cbt and rebt are very short term uh, for the for you know example sfbt is also short term but if you look at say psychoanalysis it's a long term thera- uh, therapeutic process which would go on say for years sometimes and in some cases so you need to take into account all these factors and one of the factors that we also you know sometimes kind of overlook is what are the fees uh you know going to be like uh during therapy so we kind of you know underestimate that fact because therapy is not a one time process it is a long term process and you are going to need to invest that much amount of time effort and also some amount of money in that so uh you know fees are different for uh say the first session because it's a intake session and some therapists might choose to you know uh charge different fee for the first session so you need to you know ask that to the therapist uh you know beforehand before you actually go and schedule the first therapy session also the therapy uh, fees might be different depending whether it's an in- individual therapy session or a couples therapy session or a family therapy session what is also important is you know uh, knowing the current circumstances and the current socio economic uh, you know background that has been there prominently especially during the pandemic we have to also you know take into consideration that not everybody will be uh, able to afford therapy so we need to ask the uh, therapist whether they have a sliding scale uh, which basically means that uh, whether they allow or offer therapy to people uh, you know on the basis of their socio economic status and they charge according to that uh, also one of the things that you can ask as a client 
uh, to your therapist is what are your rights as a client so you obviously need uh, to know the therapy approach that they are using what kind of techniques they are using if you are interested in that you also have the right to you know ask information about the techniques that they use you also can ask them about their confidentiality policy so basically in simple terms confidentiality means whatever you and the therapist discusses it remains between both of you but in some cases say cases of abuse or uh, when there is harm to yourself or somebody else uh, you know uh, the therapist has to report that to authority and also uh, these were the limits to confidentiality so you have to ask uh, the therapist and also discuss this with the therapist because the therapist is uh, you know not going to report that without discussing that with you unless and until there is you know a uh, imminent and very immediate danger or harm to you or somebody else uh also know the reshared uh, rescheduling policy of uh, the therapist whether the therapist allows for rescheduling and uh, how would the financial aspects work out in that case if you rescheduled also you have the right to decline certain kind of services in therapy if it makes you extremely uncomfortable uh so you know uh there is you know this is what came up in my mind when i was in therapy so how do i know i'm making progress in therapy and what i realized over you know very short period of time was that therapy progress is not rare you know linear it's it's going to be zigzag because even if say you and i have a similar problem we are of similar age and we come from a similar socio economic background there are various other factors such as our social support the kind of relationships we have with other people you know a lot of individual factors such as motivation how much effort we put in a lot of these factors determine how much progress will make and at what time uh, you know will make progress in therapy uh so a lot of people ask will i make progress in the first or second therapy session i would say that depends like not everybody makes progress in the first or second therapy session but the fact that you are in therapy uh you know determines a lot that you are going to be you know helped by therapy just because you have already taken a step by scheduling your appointment and by being in a therapy towards your better mental health and obviously it's it's not like a magic wand right it's not going to happen in first or the second session you are going to need to give it some time and if you think that you know i maybe i'm not making progress you need to discuss that with a the therapist and say hey you know what progress in my head looks something else but i'm not able to see it so can you help me you know figure out how i can reach where i want to reach and your therapist should be open enough to take that feedback and work on it so lastly how do i know when to end therapy obviously if there is reduced amount of distress that you're feeling uh, as compared to how much distress you felt earlier before starting the therapy session that determines whether you know you need to end the therapy or not uh also if there is nothing more you know uh prominent to work on at that moment you can discuss that with the therapist and you and the therapist can mutually decide to end the therapy and it's completely okay even after you you know terminate your therapy to schedule follow up sessions few weeks or months after you actually terminate the therapy so yeah that's how my experience was 
<laughs> I think so. Bhun Mai said it all. I am short of words now. <laughs> How should we conclude this episode, guys? But what I seriously need to say here, taking this stage as my front, I truly believe this vital process of seeking help starts from acceptance, guys. To tend to any wound, we first need to acknowledge it and accept the fact that it's hurting. You'll realize that only then can we truly heal. And trust me, the day we start accepting mental issues, all will be sunshine and rainbows. I know sometimes your brain lets you believe that the breathlessness and the all-consuming sadness you feel are just figments of your imagination. But trust me, when you talk about it in a place free of judgment, a weight is lifted and waking up feels easier. Exactly. So dear listeners that will be all for today these were some hearts that are strangely beautiful yet perfectly and proudly flawed showering some magical embers on when the clock strikes 911 we will be right back with yet another dose of fairy dust till then keep smiling shining and most important of all keep growing so that's all for today this is anya agarwal and mahak fatima with the mind speakers 2020 and you were listening to khairiyat for your well being